You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Made it to a Thursday. Hour one, Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Morale is high. Glad to have you on board. Chris Sims is going to join us coming up. We're going to talk some football with him. The Hall of Fame game has been canceled. No surprise on this end. Rachel Nichols from the Mothership, ESPN's The Jump, will join us as well. We'll look at the scenario here with the Lakers practicing. Are they violating NBA rules? Will the commissioner say something here? Bigger issue is the number of positive tests in the Orlando area. So Rachel Nichols will join us coming up here. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. I said morale is high. I was lying. Sports morale is not high. And pre-show meeting had to do with the coronavirus. You know, what's happening with golf, what's happening with the NBA, baseball rules, football with the Hall of Fame game is canceled, and here we are. I keep thinking, we've made progress, and then every time you get ready, it feels like it's two steps forward, two steps back. But here we are getting closer to these dates, these mandated dates, and then we're, we're, we're waiting to see these games to actually happen. And these players, you know, showing up at training camp, working out, and we're getting closer and closer and closer. And I don't know if you were surprised about the Hall of Fame game being canceled. I was not. I'd been saying the last two weeks, I just don't see them playing that game. But what happens a week later when you have 10 preseason games? Are they going to be canceled? What's happening with baseball, college football, the NFL, NBA? It's all still fluid in a state of flux. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. The boys are here. Uh, say good morning to youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show and our great radio affiliates around the country. We have been reminded a couple of times this week about the return of sports and how it will not be easy. And yesterday, the PGA Tour got hit. Five golfers dropped out of the Travelers Championship because they tested positive for the virus or somebody close to them did, including Brooks Kepka, whose caddy tested positive. And you might say if an outdoor sport like golf with built-in social distancing can't stay safe, what sport can? But once again, it's, it's not time to get ahead of ourselves, either in a positive direction or a negative one. This is not about what happens when you get on a football field or a baseball field or a golf course. It feels like what happens when you're off the field, off the court, off the course. Testing and isolating. PGA is doing the right thing. They're going to get even stricter. But no sport is immune to this. And it really feels like it's day to day. And it, and it seems like today what we have is true will be false tomorrow or vice versa. And as a golf fan, I've enjoyed the last couple of weeks. And I recognize we can't be too sure what's going to happen the rest of the season. All we can do is hope that what we see in front of us is going to continue, that they're able to play and keeping safety at a top priority. And this takes me back to baseball. Once you get to the baseball stadium, then I think you'll be okay. It's everything that happens prior to that. You know, are you going out, social distancing? All it takes is one person. And that's what we're seeing with some of these sports. The number of players who are testing positive already with the NBA. Baseball came out with some new guidelines, by the way, 
Uh, I saw this with Bob Nightingale of USA Today. When the game starts and everyone can sit in the dugout, players are going to be in the stands. You're seeing this in soccer where some of the players, you can't social distance. There's not room to social distance, so they actually sit in the stands. When players walk onto the field, you have to stay six feet apart from everyone. That means your teammates and coaches and the opposition. You can't socialize with the opposition. When the game starts, not everyone can sit in the dugout. No more spitting. Tobacco's forbidden. You can chew, but no sunflower seeds. Gum is permitted, but you can't spit it out. Hitters, don't look for a bat boy or bat girl to pick up your bat. You're on your own. No, I got to pick up my bat. Come on, that's too far. I know. <sighs> can't start a brawl here either. You see, you can't. Can't. So if a brawl happens, what happens? I I don't know. I think they're all kicked out of the sport forever. (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm reading Bob Nightingale. He says, if you don't like the Houston Astros, still carry a grudge against the Red Sox, don't even think about starting a brawl. A brawl. Unless you want to sit out nearly one-third of the season. If you hit a home run, you win a game with a walk-off or even pitch a no-hitter. You've got to act like you did nothing more than successfully washing your hands. The days of mobbing players at home plate, dumping coolers of Gatorade, and shoving pies in their face are over. Are you allowed to have a collision at home plate? How's it? You have a polite collision at home plate. Did they actually ban that a few years ago anyway? I well, seem to recall. Well, they, if I slide into home and you're there and I'm going to I have to tag you, we're, we're coming in contact with each other. Right. But remember, we had a whole month after Buster Posey got hurt where they tried to outlaw that. Well, no, this yeah. isn't a collision as much as a bang, bang play. Right. Like a home, you know, at home uh, plate where you have a, you know, guy sliding in or something. I heard a suggestion to ban stealing bases. That way you don't have to, guys could just stay six feet off the base so they don't have to stand next oh, to the first baseman man. and you can ignore that part. So no stolen bases. What do you think of that? I don't know anymore. I don't know. Yeah, Todd. You look at that old school footage of the Earl Weavers and just, just Bullsorda, you name them, getting in the face of umpires. It's such a big part of baseball. And like, will that ever come back? A manager losing their mind and getting right in an umpire's face. Well, it doesn't happen that much anymore because these grown men finally realize they look really stupid out there. I'm going to turn my hat backwards. I'm going to kick dirt on you. And then whatever happens after that. Oh, are you firing your team up? Like Earl Weaver, you'd see him go out there and you go, oh, God, don't do it, Earl. You know, when uh, Lou Pinella did that, Lou threw a base. We had him on the next day and I go... You know, what goes through your mind? He goes, how embarrassed my kids must have been that I was out there. You're a grown, you're like a 50 or 60 year old man and you're acting like you're, you know, nine. We don't accept it in T-ball or literally we got grown men out there. That's the least of our worries. I just worry about these guys not being able to spit like, oh my gosh. Do you think that there's rehab right now? Like guys are going into spitting rehab or, oh, I want to spit. No, you can't. So you can take a dip. You can have gum, but you can't spit. So yeah. You could have sunflower seeds. You just have to keep them in said mouth. I think. <laughs> the opposite. I don't think so. Wait. I, I don't think you can have dip. I can't? 
I was. I always get confused. Dip is chewing tobacco. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I think you're not allowed to well, use I can it at take all. A, I can have a little dip. I don't think so. Okay, well, then I'm not going to play. Yeah, Seaton. I like that the idea that not being able to have sunflower seeds while you play baseball is somehow <laughs> an, an issue. Oh, come on. No sunflower? I can't spit sunflower seeds all over the place? Come on. Okay, so tobacco is forbidden, according to Bob Nightingale. No more spitting. You can chew. Okay, what can I chew? What you mean chew is like chew. That's tobacco. You also call it chew. Chew. You have to spit into a cup or onto the ground. You don't swallow it. Some people do, but that's if you're hardcore. Unless he means chew gum. Well, I don't know. These are some of the guidelines that baseball players will have to adhere to. (laughs) Come up with a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day. That's why I said morale is not really that high today. This program brought to you by LegalZoom. If you want to uh, start online, they have a network of independent attorneys. They provide advice when you need it. LegalZoom, not a law firm. You don't have to leave your home. Visit LegalZoom.com for more information. McLevin, what kind of poll question do you have for me today? If you'll give me permission, I'll just ignore all this. And can I actually ask you about favorites if they do play? Because I have a question for our L.A. audience. I saw odds came out for the World Series and the NBA. The Lakers and the Dodgers are both the favorites in their respective leagues. Who are you more confident will win a title this year, the Lakers or the Dodgers? I mean, maybe it's obvious, but. Uh, I think baseball is really up for grabs. Now, Avery Bradley not playing for the Lakers, it's a loss. Um, I don't know how big a loss, but it's a loss. It's an important, and and I'll talk to Rachel Nichols about that. Avery Bradley is not a marquee name, but he's one of those guys that seems to, what do you want me to do this game? And it changes from game to game. And he gives you 25 minutes. Uh, He's a quality veteran. Uh, I think it's going to be harder for a team to win the World Series. If, If this was 162 games, then I would look at the Dodgers and Yankees and say, over the course of six months, the best team will win. I don't know if the best team's going to win this year in baseball. Because everybody is going to go into this season, and here we are in late July, and everybody is going to be tied for first to start. And you might get some teams that all of a sudden they strike gold with a couple of players, new players, uh, they get on a hot streak, and that can be the difference here. But I think it's harder to win a title this year than it will be in any other year. Because I don't know if, you know, the course of two months, will the Yankees and Dodgers or the Nationals or whoever else you want to throw in there, will they be able to prove that they're that much better than everybody else? And I'm not sure about that. I think this will be about conditioning. It'll be about pitching to start. And the depth of your pitching staff could be the difference. That's why you have a lot of these sharp guys who think the Tampa Bay Rays are the team to beat because they have a very deep pitching staff. I mean, that's a good team. Uh, but, you, you know, you're playing in the East, and the East, you know, that's going to be difficult as well. So trying to handicap that will be, I think, a lot tougher than you think. You know, because it, it takes a little while before those great teams prove that they're great. And that's usually with a, the depth, the leadership, uh, ownership going out and getting a bat or an arm if they need to. You got 50 games and it's a sprint. That's why when somebody said to me, hey, uh, what if the Indians win the World Series? I said, great. Well, do they celebrate like they won the World Series? 
Sure. Yeah, but it's not a true World Series. I go, well, ask Indians fans. Will you... If if I'm a Cleveland Indians fan and and we win the World Series, I would say let's celebrate. Why not? But you know this is the longest drought I think in baseball of all of the teams to win a championship. Will you celebrate it? And I said I would. Like you know the whole year has an asterisk by it. So okay, hey they won the uh, the. Corona shortened season with 50 games. All I know is everybody, it's an even playing field. It's like the Lakers and Bucks, nobody has a home court advantage. So, yeah, it's a championship. It might not be what we want, but that's what we get. And we, we love to pick and choose. Oh, they won it in a strike shortened season. Oh, they cheated to win it. Okay, put an asterisk by it. But if I'm an Indians fan and you win the title, hell yes, I'm celebrating. We started like everybody else did, and we won the championship. And if you're the Indians, you can't be picky. Yes, McLovin. I don't think it's fair to when you have the asterisk com- conversation to compare MLB and NBA and NHL because NBA is going to get 73 out of 82 games. Oh, I don't yeah. want to. I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm, I kept saying I'm railing against those people who want to put an asterisk by this. But I want to put it by MLB, though. I think they're two completely different things. If you want, yeah, baseball, yeah, if you want to do that where we'll just say, yeah, we know. But basketball, no. I mean, whoever wins the title wins the title. Yeah, I know we'll say, well, they didn't have home court advantage. Everybody got there. Everybody was playing on the same floor. Level playing field. You won. You know, it'll be tougher to do it. I mean, I, I think we look at this and say, oh, well, it's not really a season. I, I, if the Lakers win or the Bucks win, you've earned it. You had this shutdown. You got to get back. You got to go all the, through all the testing and then go out there and win a championship. Instead of we get to play all of these games at home. We get to be at home. We got our fans. That's the true advantage. This is a disadvantage for all of these teams. Now, you can look at an advantage for some of these teams that may be in a, in a short you know, window, like the Rockets could be really dangerous here. Uh, there could be a couple of teams like that, but if the Clippers win, good for them. That's a championship. Bucks win, championship. Sixers win, championship. Baseball's different, but if I had a team that won the World Series this year, like I, I was listening to uh, New York Sports Radio yesterday. I told you I don't have a life. And they were uh, talking about the Yankees. If, oh, would you really celebrate another Yankee World Series? All right. I mean, you guys have won more than anybody. And I I guess I would celebrate because it's better than not. (laughs) Imagine if you say, "Uh, if we win, I don't think we're going to celebrate. Well, what happens when you lose? Still going to hurt, right? Well, you're not celebrating with champagne and all that stuff, that's for sure. Not allowed to. You're not dumping it all over each other. Well, you can do it yourself. Well, actually, now the way they do it, they're wearing so much gear so their eyes don't sting that you might as well. Yeah, McLovin. The Yankees winning is like, remember when Notre Dame wouldn't go to a bowl game? Because they're Notre Dame and we're not going to a crappy bowl game. This is the crappy bowl game of Yankees World Series titles because they have such history. This is like hey, hey, they haven't won in a long time, McLovin. <laughs> Saying they take a take an, a, I, a I, Belk Bowl right now. I would <laughs> Belk Bowl. Yeah, I would. If I'm a Yankee fan, well, I, 
I don't know what they how they think because they might say, "Well, we're Yankee fans. We win a true championship. We're true champions." I, I would take it. Yeah, absolutely. It's the World Series. We we went through all of this just like everybody else did. Hell yes, we're celebrating. Socially responsible. Yes, Paulie. The Yankees have have been in one World Series in the past sixteen years. They've appeared in one out of the past 16. That, that's horrible for them. That's a horrible run. They've won one World Series, and they've appeared in a total of one in the past 16 years. Yes, McLovin. They only won that because A-Rod was on steroids whoa. and beat my Phillies. Wait, that's that's a whoa? Come on. Whoa. Yes, Paul. I was watching a basketball show yesterday, and they were talking about, is this an advantage for LeBron James at his age to get a whole bunch of rest and get to reset and get himself totally ready for this shorter run? But I was thinking, if you're a guy like LeBron James and you could pick, I take that rest I just got and that reset and conditioning or have home court advantage. Because he did lose home court advantage and they, the Lakers, lost home court advantage. Which is huge in the NBA. Yeah. If you could have, if you were LeBron, would you rather have what you have now? Neutral site, complete rest, which everybody got. No, he'd rather be at home. Yeah. Absolutely. Because now this is so foreign to everybody. And what you have to do when you go to Orlando and what happens if one of you, so he's already lost Avery Bradley. What if another player tests positive and has to sit down for two weeks? Um, so there's, there's so much more chance, luck, risk involved in this. If they were able to play at home, you know, have the home court advantage, then I think it would be a huge advantage for LeBron James. It's just who's coming back in shape and who's coming back healthy. And by that, I mean healthy in a variety of ways. It it just there's a there's a lot going on, a lot of lot of chance, a lot of risk involved in this. We'll take a break. Chris Sims from NBC Sports. I've been keeping an eye on his quarterback rankings. He's had this countdown. I think he's down to Deshaun Watson at number four. Does that sound about right, McLovin? I think he did number three. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. And I th- I th- he definitely had Deshaun at four, but I think three is just came out or is coming out and causing some controversy. Ooh. So we'll talk about that. Also, the Hall of Fame game has been canceled. Now, I'll get his thoughts on, does he think they're going to be able to pull this off on time? I I want to be optimistic, but I've been pessimistic about the NFL starting on time. I've been pessimistic about, go back to the NBA. I didn't think they were going to have a season. And hopefully they will. Uh, I've been pessimistic uh, about college football starting on time. But I, I'm just trying to be realistic with everything they're going to have to go through. And it's so much to go through to try to expect them to do this on time. Because the remember, the NFL had time on their hands. Oh, they got plenty of time. They don't have time on their hands. You just had the Hall of Fame game canceled. I got, what, six weeks here. Six weeks, you know, before we uh, get ready for the preseason. That, that's not a long time. We'll get to phone calls. We'll settle on a poll question. Our Twitter handle at DP Show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Phone number 877-3DP-SHOW. Glad to have you on board here this Thursday, hour one. We'll take a break. Paulie says we have a surprise today. Got something in the mail today. Huge. Not huge, but cool. Super cool. Size-wise huge? Oh, it fits under your desk. Yeah. Don't be no peeking. Okay. I'm going to save it for the top of the hour. Save worthy. Okay. All right. Uh, We'll take a break. 20 after the hour. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe. Life's a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you miss any interviews from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to the DP Show app. Watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave. Mercedes-AMG driving performance. Say good morning to uh, Chat Row and those uh, listening on our great radio affiliates around the country. Those watching on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. We will get to phone calls coming up. Settle on a poll question. We make way for the popular Chris Sims, co-host of Pro Football Talk Live, former NFL quarterback. He's got his quarterback list counting down to number three. And we've got controversy at number three, Chris. How dare you? You picked Aaron Rodgers as the third best quarterback in the NFL. I know. It hurt my heart, as you know. I mean, I am the uh, the leader of the, the bandwagon fans for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and, you know, I, I, am, I unleashed my one and two, two today on Pro Football Talk, just so you know that. Patrick Mahomes one, Russell Wilson two, Aaron Rodgers three. But, Mike, I mean, uh, Dan, just on that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm getting confused with my host here. <laughs> but, but just on that. With, with Aaron Rodgers, still awesome. We know that. But this is the first time that I would say since about midway through 2010, at least in my book, where I go, ooh, he's not the best quarterback in the NFL anymore. Still really special. We know he's got a great arm, good decision maker. But I think with where we're at in his career and then Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes – uh, yes, I think they've surpassed Aaron Rodgers here in the past year for me, at least. Well, I thought the controversy is that you had Rodgers up that high. It feels like, hey, slipping here. You know, a lot of people are bailing on Aaron Rodgers here. Well, you know, for whatever reason, people like to bail on Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what it is. You know, they expect him to just make the Super Bowl every year and carry the team. And, you know, to me, hey, the support system has not been there for Aaron Rodgers. For, for me, there is no doubt he's a top five quarterback in football. Uh, I, I, I have a hard time, like, really taking anybody seriously that would think, like, okay, maybe if you wanted to put him at six, all right. But if you're trying to tell me he's 10 or 11 or something like that, I would just go, I'm sorry. Uh, you need to come watch film with me and you need to reevaluate things. But, no, I mean, we're still talking maybe other than Patrick Mahomes, the greatest arm in the sport. Okay, still unbelievably quick release, you know, understands how to take care of the football. That was a 10 and 6 football team last year that they were at 13 and 3 because of Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't think I talked to you during the season. I don't think either one of us were blown away by Green Bay, the team during the regular season. We just knew they were a good team with a really special quarterback, and we thought, ooh, maybe that could be something. So, yeah, don't sleep on Aaron Rodgers. All right, but give me the criteria of how you were ranking these quarterbacks. Sure. I went from, I'm like a coach on the hot seat, right? And here's my pecking order for my top 40 quarterbacks. Who I trust and think the best is on right on down the list here. So, yeah, it's not easy to do, but that was my criteria. It's about 2020. has nothing to do about 2010, 2015, career accomplishments. 
it's a what have you done for me lately league, and I'm evaluating what I think the quarterbacks are going to be for this 2020 season. All right, I got the Danettes who are yelling at each other. What's what's the problem here, you guys? We are... all have <laughs> issues with Chris's list in different areas. Okay, pick a guy. Who uh, want McLovin? Go first. So when Drew Brees throws 40 touchdowns and five picks next year, he's still the 16th best quarterback in the NFL. If you're doing 2020, well, okay. Hey, all right, all right, McLovin, okay? First off, don't get into me with all the stats crap all the time. Oh, Whoever no. plays quarterback for the Saints is going to have great stats. They went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater last year, okay? All right, so, and then the other thing I would tell to you, too, is, you know, again, Drew Brees, really good, great. Yeah, okay, let's go through it. Oh, okay, one of the best receivers in football, one of the better tight ends in football. Maybe the best offensive mind in the sport. Oh, definitely one of the five best offensive lines in the sport. And McLovin, if he was still a top five or top ten quarterback, they wouldn't be pushing him out the door after this year. They'd be going, let's get a deal done and stay here longer. So not that they're pushing him out the door, but the writing's on the wall. You know what I'm trying to say. They're going to the Taysom Hill era. So Drew Brees, still really awesome, certainly capable of winning a Super Bowl. Um, but no, I don't think he's the type of talent like we've seen in the playoffs the last few years that when the offense isn't executing, he can't make a lot happen by himself. And that is big to me in evaluating yes, quarterback. Yes, McClellan. Yeah, he could never throw for 71 yards in a game like Ryan Tannehill in the playoffs. He'd never be able to accomplish that feat. Oh, what, he couldn't accomplish the, the two touchdown passes he threw in the game to, to put them up 14-3. to three. So how about that? You don't think Drew Brees could have done that? With like nine no, I don't think Drew Brees, he can't throw the ball fit last 40 yards, guys. So the first touchdown pass, he can't even attempt to throw. The second throw was a power throw in the back left corner with people around him. So, yes, Drew Brees is really good, but all I'm just saying, McLevin, don't, you're, you're taking the Saints offense and Sean Payton. I'm just talking about quarterback. Yeah, we'll see how see, great those wide receivers in line are when Taysom Hill's the quarterback. That great offensive right, line. We, that we great will. Receiver. We're going to see. Okay. All right. Who's next up, Paulie? All right, Chris. Uh, Russell Wilson, number two. No, no. All right. Let's go to um, who gives you a better chance to win next year? Number nine on your list, Matt Stafford, or number 15 on your list, Tom Brady? Well, I mean, okay. So, all right. So, this is where this is it gets dicey. <laughs> Listen, I understand. You're, we're used to Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. He's awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. You put Tom Brady in Detroit, okay? It ain't going to look like Tom Brady. I'm just telling you. He can't do some of the things that Matthew Stafford can do. You put Matthew Stafford in New England last year, they're a better football team. I'm sorry. Drew, Tom Brady's still really good, obviously. Can win the Super Bowl, no doubt about it. You know, but they didn't win one game because of Tom Brady last year. Not one. They played through their defense, and then he just didn't screw games up. So, yes, I think right now there's no doubt in my mind that Matthew Stafford is a better player, can do more with less, and can do more with more. I don't like you guys, too. I'm not coming to you guys anymore. (laughs) Who's next here? See, what do you have? That's so funny. (laughs) Uh, You know, I thought that at four and five was interesting with Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. What uh, pushed Watson over the edge a little higher than, than Lamar Jackson? I think the big thing is the polished passer department. That, that, to me, is still where Lamar Jackson has certainly room to grow. We saw him get a lot better from year one to year two. But 
I think, you know, in a broad statement, Lamar Jackson needs a certain type of offense of system around him right now. Deshaun Watson, I think, can play in any system and is a more polished passer than a Lamar Jackson at this point in his career. You know, to where we've seen, again, you know, the last two years in the playoffs when the Ravens couldn't physically dominate a team up front and on the line of scrimmage, they had to rely on the pass game. And they're just – Lamar's not there yet to be like, oh, okay, hey, guys, the game's not – the run game's not working. Jump on my back. I'll throw it 40 times and we'll win the game. I don't think he's at that level yet, as special as he is, but he's certainly gotten better, and he could be a guy that could be number one, two, three, or four next year. Yes, Todd. I wouldn't kill you over it, but why – six and seven, why Wentz over Matt Ryan and not Ryan ahead of Wentz? And how does someone that doesn't even have a team yet make the top ten in Cam Newton? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was probably the hard first off with Cam Newton. This is one of the hardest ones. Now, listen, he kind of got screwed over by his old team as far as when they let him go and all the chairs were filled for starting quarterback. So that's where he's been screwed over. And Cam Newton's the kind of guy that nobody's going to bring in as a backup quarterback because he's going to make your starter look not very good unless your name's like Watson, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, or those guys. I mean, if you bring him into certain teams – you know, the players are going to go in the locker room after the day's over and practice sometimes and be like, did you see our backup? Did you see Cam Newton? He was throwing lasers everywhere. And it's going to cause a division within the team. So he's stuck in a tough spot, not because of where he's at, uh, but because of the way Carolina handled the situation. Now to six and seven, hey, I'm a big Matt Ryan fan. I don't think he gets enough credit. As you can tell, though, I'm a big Carson Wentz fan. Really, Carson Wentz. One of the only things I look at as a weakness to him is maybe protecting his body a little bit. And, of course, you know, hey, yeah, it sounds like he could be a better leader and, and teammate in the locker room. But, man, Fritzy, you, 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 who, who was his running back at the end of the year last year? Who was his top receiver? Come on, Fritzy. Who's our, who are they? Who are they, Fritzy? Right. He, only, are they? he only knows the Bronco roster. That's but it. Exactly. So I'm just saying most people can't even name the people that were on the offense of Carson Wentz last year, and yet they went to the playoffs because he was maybe arguably one of the greatest one-man band, one-man shows in football last year. So that, that's why I give him the advantage there. Yes, Todd. Uh, was Wilbert Montgomery and Harold Carmichael? Yeah, that Keith, <laughs> wasn't there like a Keith yeah. Krepfley tight end? Uh, he's Chris Sims, co-host of Pro Football Talk. Where would Colin Kaepernick be on this list? Oh, that's a good question. Now, I- I'll say this. When he was getting blackballed by the NFL and all that, you know, he certainly was right around the top half of football as a starting quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. You know, right, like the talent of Colin Kaepernick is superstar, top five, top 10 talent. Right now, I couldn't find it in my heart to put him in the top 40, just from the standpoint of he hasn't played football in three years. And as you guys know, and as data athletes as all the Danettes are, not Dan, you're a great athlete. Absolutely. But as you know, when you take a long time off from any sport, it's not easy to come back and be good at it. Even if you're playing pickup basketball, let alone quarterback where you can't practice it, you can't emulate any of the things that go on. So, Would you, you know, put him again, over Case Keenum? If I said you're no, on the hot not, seat. You're on the hot not seat. Not the second. Okay. No, not the second. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky? Um, no. Okay. Now, do I think he has a higher end and like a higher ceiling? Certainly, but I can't say that I can feel that with confidence with a guy that hasn't had offense, defense alignment and how to make decisions and play the game in so long 
So, like, he should be on a team, Dan. I'll say that for sure. And with the new practice rules, uh, practice uh, practice team rules and all those things, you know, I think a team is stupid to not bring him on there and just go, hey, let's let him have a year here, develop, see what he's got. He's got big-time talent. Maybe he's our awesome backup next year. That's what you should do with Colin Kaepernick. The Hall of Fame game canceled. We keep saying, we have been saying, the NFL has time. They can look at all these other leagues. The NFL doesn't have time, Chris. Uh, no. What kind of preseason adjustments do you think we're looking at here? I mean, I, I don't know what to expect, you know, because, yeah, we're in a, a tough spot. You know, you, you look at where we are as a country right now and where COVID-19 is going, and, you know, it's scary in some states still. So, you know, I was more optimistic about us playing games and having a full season, I feel like, a month ago than I feel right now. I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say. Do you think you know, it I starts really, on time? Right now, in my heart of hearts, no, because I think that we're going to get into, like, the second week of training camp, and you're going to have a few teams that have, like, multiple players on their team, just like we're seeing in college, that COVID-19 is starting to spread through the team, and then what are they going to do? So that's to me where it's concerning. I don't see how you can possibly say or think you don't think there'll be an outbreak of some sort on these teams throughout August. So yeah, right now I don't, I don't, I don't feel good about that. If you're the commissioner, do you punish the Buccaneers and Seahawks because they've been holding workouts? No, I don't. I don't. First off, I don't think many NFL players really care about COVID-19. I think they respect it, like, and they don't want any of their family members or people to get sick like that. But I can just tell you, if you take me back into 28-year-old Chris Sims when I was playing football, I'd be like, screw COVID-19. I'm okay. I want to play football this year. And I think most players are like that, let alone, like, listen, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, they care about people. I know that. These are good people. But they're also going, hey, as far as I know right now, I'm going to be expected to perform and be the man here in a few weeks. So I need to practice and I need to get better. And they're kind of, you know, weighing that out. And I, I get why Brady's yeah. doing it because Brady, you know, I, I don't know how much pressure that the outside is putting on him, but he's putting it on himself He's got to come in and hit the ground running with this team. Right. It's not like he's still in New England. He's got a whole new team, offense, head coach, offensive coordinator, all of that. I get why he's doing it. I just didn't know if the NFL is going to look at this and say, you know, I can't have you guys, you know, getting together like this. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's nice of them to say, but, you know, again, <laughs> it's where we are in this country right now. How can you tell certain people that when the rules in some states don't apply the same or whatever it may be? You know, if I'm a quarterback who's like sitting there trying to listen to the NFL and the NFLPA and listen to the rules of my state, and then I see a guy like Tom Brady or Russell Wilson throwing footballs and getting better, I'm sitting at home going, okay, screw it. I need to get out there and start getting better. Hey, you know, wide receivers, running backs, let's go. We got to practice. And, you know, most quarterbacks are such type A OCB personalities. They're stressing about training camp right now. I need to throw more. I need to get better at this. I need to do that. And it's hard to just sit home and think like, oh, I'm going to have a pass in my backyard and I'm going to get better. It's good to talk to you, Chris. Are you happy you did your quarterback rankings? 
I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I, I love doing it. Uh, I'm happy it's over. Okay, I'm sick of defending myself. At one point, like, I you didn't said, know I was going to go through this I, I jury of executioners here. I don't like you guys. <laughs> wow. Uh, what, yep, a, what, a, what a tough guy. I don't like you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Good to talk to you. Good talking to you, too. Be good. See you guys. That's Peace out. Chris, I don't like any of Chris Sims, co-host of Pro Football Talk. <laughs> I don't like any of you guys. He's like soft. He's soft. That's funny, man. We'll take a break. This is a guy who played without a spleen. <laughs> My choice. I can play without a spleen. Who needs a spleen? All right, uh, play of the day's up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. All right, uh, we got a poll question, McLovin. Play of the day, by the way, is brought to you by Great Wireless Earbuds. Get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Patrick. That's buyraycon.com slash Patrick. Okay, we do not have an official poll okay, question. Okay, how about so, an unofficial one? Uh, okay, so I have two questions for you. Okay. If I had made you bet a week's pay, and it's always a week's pay, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that either the Yankees or Dodgers are going to make the World Series, or neither, would you bet a week's pay on that one? And then I have a follow-up for another sport with the same template. <sighs> that neither will. I'll play the odds and take, I'll take the uh, Dodgers and Yankees that at least one will be in the World Series. Okay. Same question for the Los Angeles Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks, the one and two seeds, according mm-hmm. to Vegas and mm-hmm. the NBA. Mm-hmm. And what's the question? Would you bet a week's pay that one of those two teams, the Lakers and the Bucks, will be in the finals or neither will? I'll take the odds and say yes. I'd take yeah. those two. Which feels safer, the NBA bet or the uh, Major League Baseball bet? I don't know if either one is safe because I don't know what is going to happen in Orlando. And not having home court advantage and the fact that you're playing in a sterile environment. And then with baseball, it's a it's a 60-game sprint. And, yeah, like, we're not even factoring in if a star player is down for two weeks and what that could mean for both of these seasons, the postseason and baseball. Like, imagine 14 days, you're, you're, you're going to miss 12 games out of 60. Let's say you're a great starting pitcher. Let's say Walker Bueller goes down for the Dodgers. And you're talking about 60 games. And that, that's what's hard to handicap with all of this. All right, some phone calls here. Rachel Nichols, host of ESPN's The Jump, will join us coming up. And Webb Simpson's caddy, Paul Tesori. Uh, Webb pulled out of the Greater Hartford Open, I believe. He just won the previous week at Hilton Head, but... Uh, I, I'm just curious, what is protocol for the caddies, you know, for these players? And can they can golf continue? Because we thought of all the sports built in social distancing, you should be able to go out and play golf. And you had some positive tests yesterday. Yes, Todd. Uh, one of Webb's family members had tested positive, even though he himself is negative uh, out of an abundance of caution is what he was calling it is why Webb stepped away after winning last week. Yes, Seaton. It just, you know, it, with the news, too, that, you know, the United States, we set a new record for positive uh, cases yesterday. A new, that seems like if, you're, if, if we're still going up and forget about, like, deaths and all of that stuff, because really what matters to sports is positive tests, right? Yeah. That's what's damaging the possibility of certain leagues. If we're still going upward, 
with all of these positive tests, it just seems so unlikely that it's not going to impact future sporting events. Yesterday, Florida set a new record, more than 5,000 new cases. That blew past the previous mark of 4,000 new cases, which was the previous week. The state also has well past 100,000 total cases of the coronavirus. Orlando is experiencing its own spike in COVID-19. In Orange County, this is where Orlando is located. There were 15, just under 1,600 cases on May 17th. They now have... 4,500. Yeah, and for the for nationwide, yesterday they hit, uh, it was like 38 or 39,000 cases. And the previous record was 36 cases in a day. 36,000. Okay. All right. Uh, so we got our poll question. Is that what we're going to go with, Andy? I have another question, oh, too. okay. Uh, I don't know when you want to get into it, but uh, Todd said around the story about Philip Fulmer, the Vols, Tennessee Volunteers AD, saying that he expects a full stadium. Yeah. We've asked it before, but would you go to a college football game in September, which is not that far away, if it, if it's not a socially distanced stadium? Would you go to a full college football stadium? No. No. But but that I know we that, that feels like a long way away, and it's not, but a lot can happen before then. I just don't know if we're going to have a vaccine and Dr. Fauci said by the end of the year, maybe. And no, I, I would not. And you're going to get these ADs who are going to try to push this up a little bit. You know, Ohio State went from 20,000. Maybe maybe we could get 40,000. Our college kids going to be able to go. Rachel Nichols will join us on loan from the jump. Talk about Orlando. Are the Lakers in trouble with the NBA for holding private workouts? Talk to Rachel about that coming up. One more item in the first hour. It's our friends from Callaway. I have told you about artificial intelligence. They use that to design their drivers. That changed the way people think about driver construction forever. They got the Maverick driver now. They have Maverick irons. They use. 